Podcast. It is your host, Max Goen. And today, we are talking some more fantasy baseball as we get we round first. We hit the first baseman. And then tomorrow, we will be doing the second baseman. So, first and second. Then we'll go to third and short. And then a few outfield episodes to round that out. And then back to closer. So, it's going to be a, uh, a nice, busy rest of the off season for us as we get ready for the baseball season spring training has started so it is officially that excitement in the air i, f- I finally feel ooh, my reds are about to play soon so you know that that mid-february feel is always a good one if you are a baseball fanatic like myself let's get right to it there's a lot happening in the world of sports but we are going to skip it since we do have a good amount of content to get to today first and foremost the MVP of the National League, Freddie Freeman, or Cody Bellinger? That is the question that you will have to uh, probably face yourself if you were picking in the first, uh, sorry, the start of the second round. As Freeman goes off the board at 13, Bellinger goes off the board at 15, and, you know, they seem very similar. You know, one gives you a, a little bit better of a batting average, while another gives you a little bit higher of a steal total. So, Start with Freddie Freeman, of course, you know, NL MVP of 2020. And really, when it, when it comes down to it, just a really safe pick, especially at 13th overall. The MVP being drafted outside the first round once again. Um, you know, just like every year, he's in this pretty much the same spot. From 13, from 12 to 15, Freeman gets drafted pretty much every year. Uh, he's a four and a half tool contributor. 341 average last season. That's obviously his career high. 51 runs, 13 home runs, 53 RBIs. So, you know, he's only had one year since 2016 that he's had a sub-300 average. So you can pretty much expect the batting average to be there. And, you know, he he is a, a major contributor in RBIs. In the last 218 games, which is the last two seasons for him, 174 so and 164 runs so he's going to get you that that definite excuse me that definite uh, runs and rbi total in the hundreds more than likely and you know that's really what you're expecting from the uh from the second or first round pick so if you go with freeman in the second round um you know it, it, it would be my personal choice to go with freddie freeman just just based on his career you know great lineup just like bellinger I think the ceiling for Bellinger is obviously a little bit higher, um, but at the same time, what you're paying for in Freddie Freeman at 13, besides Cody Bellinger at 15, is is the safety net, in my opinion. So that's the thing that we love. We're approaching Freddie Freeman as a second-round pick, and we absolutely love to grab him there. Uh, great K rate, great uh, walk rate. So obviously the MVP does everything right. Uh, when you talk about Cody Bellinger, what we do love, obviously, is the great lineup, great division, 2019 MVP. So we're talking about the last two MVPs in the National League. And with, with both these guys, the upside is an MVP. And so that's why we we are targeting both these guys, no doubt. If we miss on Freeman, we will be glad to get uh, Cody Bellinger at 15. So, you know, 2020 was not a great year for Cody Bellinger, but a shortened season um a lot of a lot of a lot of question marks obviously leading up to 2020. So, you know, if he averages out to 150 games, he'd have 88 runs, 32 home runs, 80 RBIs, 16 stolen bases, which, you know, for the most part is 
it is not what you're paying for at 15, but that is the floor. That is probably the absolute worst case scenario that will happen. So that is, you know, obviously the upside 47 home runs in 2019. So that, that is where that could be kind of a value. And at the end of the day, you know, where he's being drafted overall ADP, similar to Lindor, Harper, Machado, LeMahieu, you know, very similar to those guys and, and much safer than guys like Bo Bichette, Mondesi, even Arenado, Bogarts. Um, so at 15th, very fair price. And we think that both these guys can really help your team, obviously. One and two for a very good reason. Some of the most talented baseball players in the entire world. And, and obviously with Cody Bellinger, he gets that outfield eligibility as well. So, you know, even more reason to have him on your team. That position flexibility always helps. Let's move on, though, to our next guy. And a guy that I don't think, you know, I don't think he'll be a top three first baseman in fantasy. But Josh Bell, 160th ADP. And that's why he's so high on this list. It's It's all about the value here. Uh, 2020 was a, you know, a career outlier and everything in the worst way, and that and, and you know you can say that about a lot of players. A lot of players struggled with this two two part spring training and and all this good stuff. His ground ball rate way up above his average at 55 percent. His fly ball rate way down from 32 to 25, and so you're paying for it. And that's the that's the good thing about this. You know, people are taking into consideration Josh Bell's 2020 and really forgetting about his 2019. And so now he goes from the worst offense in baseball to the World Series champions in 2019. And so his run total will probably be up. And he's being drafted as a 17th first baseman. There's no way he ends up as a 17th first baseman at the end of the season. I can I I would put my house on he would be a top 10 guy. Um, so, yeah, this is just great value. And even if he has a career low, you, you <laughs> 160, baby. It's not it's not much to give up. So, you know, the, still, the, the hard hit percentage was pretty much very similar. And we think that he's an absolute steal. We think he's going to end up as a top 100 player, no doubt. Paul Goldschmidt, next on this list, a guy who is – the complete opposite. He had a bad year in 2019, rebounded in 2020 in a much different way. And the reason we love Paul Goldschmidt so much at 86 is that, you know, obviously St. Louis added Arenado. Whenever you have a guy like Nolan Arenado in your lineup, that is going to help. So especially with the way he's approaching things, he, he seemed to kind of rely on that power last year in 2019 excuse me and and it didn't work very well obviously his career lows in pretty much everything so he changed it up and then it worked 2020 seemed to actually do the exact opposite of what he did in 2019 the line drive percentage was a career high in 2020 the hard hit percentage was a career low in 2020 and so that's what that's what I'm saying about you know he's looking for line drives and he's looking to get on base now, instead of trying to, obviously, uh, have that high home run total. So, the the thing that stands out to me the most about this whole situation, highest opposite field hits, uh, in terms of percentage in his career at 30.9. And and you know usually he was a sort of a pole hitter, 
a little bit of a pull hitter, kind of got treated with a shift here and there. But down the middle last year, pretty much 30, 33% for each way of the field. So he's not only ditching the, the power, but he's looking to drive the ball wherever the ball you know should be driven by an elite hitter like Paul Goldschmidt. So, uh, you know, obviously 33 years old, and we just believe that Paul Goldschmidt's track record has has proven that he is an elite hitter, and elite hitters make adjustments in their career based on the way they feel deemed necessary. And, you know, 304 average, which is, you know, if you're getting the 304 average from a first baseman who has the lineup around him, Good things are going to happen, no doubt. I mean, 155 game pace, 82 runs, 16 home runs, and 56 uh, RBIs, which isn't, you know, obviously isn't great. But at the same time, that you're going to be now what you've been expecting from Paul Goldschmidt: the high average, high runs, home runs, RBI. He's no longer that five tool contributor. But at the end of the eighth round, early ninth round, you're looking for a first baseman who has the potential to still get the RBIs with the average that he is going to have in 2021. So definitely don't expect the Paul Goldschmidt of old, but I honestly believe that this is a recipe for success. No doubt about that. Uh, and as we move on to the most power in the in the MLB, we have to talk about Luke Voigt. We go from a guy who gave up his power for his contact to a guy who kind of gave up his contact for a little bit of power, and the first thing that, that stands out for us, he had a legitimate body transformation in 2020 that was very noticeable, and you know he had a little bit of chub around the edges. He, he tightened that up, no doubt about it, chiseled in a baseball uniform, and he led the league in home runs, 22 in 60 games. How that translates to 162 games is obviously wait, we have to wait and see. 277 average, 41 runs, 22 home runs, 52 RBIs. That is going to translate to elite numbers in 162 games. But what concerns us is the ADP. 55. And, man, you're, you're now all of a sudden paying a fifth-round pick for a guy who has had these consistent numbers in a 60-game season for the very first time. And so we, we do think le- that Luke Voigt is legit. Um, but, you know, there's a, a golden rule that I'll probably be following for the 2021 season, and that is, you know, I, I'm not going to be paying premiums for career years specifically for 2020. I mean, usually that's how you want to do it <laughs> for any year. If a guy has a career year and you're paying for it later on or earlier on in the draft, you know, I, I tend to stay away from that. You know, obviously, you're going to have guys like Fernando Tatis and, and Acuna who will break through that barrier, but it just seems a little bit expensive when I can get a guy like Josh Bell 100 picks later. And, you know, will he lead the? Will Josh Bell have more home runs than, than Luke Voigt? Eh, probably not. Probably not. But, you know, I think there's just a lot of talent in those first five rounds, and I'm just, I'm just not looking to hope for the best, if that makes any sense. Yes, he did in a 60-game season. Can he do it in a full season? We do think he's legit, though. We really do. Um, if he slides to the sixth or seventh round, 
whole different conversation. But for now, we will leave it at that and move on to the AL MVP at Jose Abreu at 33. 80, and, and uh, man, that is high. Yes, he had 60 RBIs in 60 games last year, which would obviously translate into 162 RBIs in a full season. Now, obviously, that is not happened since Manny Ramirez did that, um, I believe, in 1990-something. Um, as safe as Abreu is as an RBI contributor, he is now being drafted as a guy who who could give you 120 RBIs. He, he's just not going to give you 120 RBIs. He will give you 100 RBIs every single year. He's done it since besides 2018 in his career. So he will do. He will give you 100 RBIs. He will give you 30 home runs. Now with a 317 average. You're also paying for that. That I just do not see him hitting above 300. He he hasn't done it very many times in his career besides this. And now you're see when you're pay, when you're in the third round, you're looking for those those elite guys, those five tool, maybe four and a half tool contributors. Tool, I say tool, I meant category. My apologies. Uh, four and a half category contributors. And Jose Abreu just is not that. You know, he's a great power source. And he might lead the AL in home runs and RBIs again. But I can get that at a much cheaper price down the road. And so you know, that's why he is so low on this list. Obviously, he's an elite first baseman. And he should be uh, ranked as such. But just in terms of our rankings based on value, uh, I, I, it just doesn't make much sense for us. So to be honest, we'll, we're more likely to draft Vlad Guerrero at 54. It just seems like, you know, obviously if Jose Abreu and, and, and Vlad are still there in the fifth round, then it's a different different story. But according to their ADPs, I do like Vlad Guerrero at 54. Yes, he hasn't done much in the MLB, but he has improved every single season, every single season, each of his two seasons. And so, you know, his K percentage improved, his walk percentage, ISO, slug, WOBA, runs created, exit velocity, and especially hard hit velocity, hard hit percentage, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, you know, he didn't do great. But 2020, uh, 262, 34 runs, 9 home runs, 33 RBIs in a 60-game season. You know, that's not bad. 15% strikeout rate. That's um, He's moving from third to first, so he's going to get more at-bats. No doubt that glove won't be as, uh, as a question mark, I guess you can say. And he's... Claims he's getting in shape. So, you know, he claims he's been motivated by those these young stars coming through, the Tatises, the the Acunas, the Sotos, and he wants to be a part of that conversation. Uh, I, I do believe he can get there, no doubt about it. So, if he improves one more time this year, 54 is a bit steep. It is a bit steep. But, you know, he, he's a he's a prime candidate for us to probably not reach for. Uh, but if he falls in our lap at the end of the fifth, I'd be pretty happy with it, no doubt. So then we move on to a guy who has a higher ADP. That's Pete Alonzo at 53, one slot above Vlad Guerrero at 54. And, you know, the the power, <laughs> the power is definitely there. He's got a, a, a real, real convincing bat. No doubt about it, Pete Alonzo. 
But the thing for us that really concerns us, I mean, obviously 53 home runs in 2019. With the juice ball, I don't think he'll hit 53. Uh, He can definitely have 45, no doubt about it. But the thing that really bothered me, bothered, that's not the right word, uh, concerns me is the batting average, the dip from 260 to 231. And, you know, the BABIP's down, the OBP was down, the WOBA was down. Pretty much a lot of statistics went the wrong way from 2019 to 2020. And so we don't feel the ADP's getting, take, taking that into consideration. I really don't. I think you're paying for his 2019 still. And so he was around this range, maybe around earlier. But with that being said, Pete Alonzo, 231 on the, on the season last year. And now Dominic Smith is in the conversation. We'll talk about that, obviously, a little bit later in this episode. But now there's no designated hitter in 2021. And you know Dominic Smith is going to have to find that bat somewhere. Obviously, he can play left field. And so the the real concern for playing time is is it's not really there. It's not really there. But you have to you have to remember that Dominic Smith can play first base and he can play it pretty well. And he's younger. More to that later. But so for for us, it's it's a tricky one. It's a real tricky one. I I think Pete Alonso does well. I just think that I can get a guy like Matt Olson at eighty four. And feel a lot better. Because yes, the average was way down in twenty twenty. And you're you know, you're getting a little bit of a discount for it. Middle of the eighth round, he will still produce on the power side and he will still produce on the run side of things. Fourteen home runs in twenty twenty, forty two RBIs, you know, one ninety five, that's not, not great. But he's like, you know, he's a he's a he's an average or his average in his career is like two forty. 250. So we think that's, you know, very correctable in a full length season. So when it comes to my first baseman, I'd rather have Matt Olson than than Pete Alonso. And you know, as much as the batting average concerns me for Pete Alonso, I just think the track record for for Olson shows us that it probably will will be just fine. So we truly think that Olsen and Alonzo have very similar seasons, you know, give or take a few RBIs, give or take a few home runs. So, you know, we would probably just want to spend that on pitching and other ways to tune up the lineup and then go with a guy like Olsen. But if you miss on Olsen, miss on Alonzo, Eric Hosmer to the rescue, 143 ADP, which is, you know, outside the top 100 for a guy hitting cleanup in a lineup that is as strong as San Diego's, it just not really sure why he's being discounted so much. Even after a great 2020, yes, he only played 38 games, but 23 runs, 36 RBIs, nine home runs while hitting 287. You know, he's career-wise, he's a very durable player. Um, 158 plus games, eight of the nine years before that, and so. You know, we'll talk about this with with Whit Merrifield, but you know he per game he's good, he's definitely good, and that might take into cons- that might be taken into consideration of why he's so low. But long term, if you play almost 160 games, that is just you can be 
good every game, and it still translates to elite Roto production. So we love Eric Hosmer. He's a fantastic plan C. And, you know, why draft Alonzo or Abreu if you can get Hosmer almost 100 picks later? So, you know, as much as we love Alonzo, as much as we love Olsen, we feel that Hosmer, you know, if we start with a, you know, even if we go Hosmer and Bell back-to-back, I think those are two, you know, granted, it's a little bit risky when you start a position that late in the draft. I think those two guys can really, really get it done. And we'll be here sitting, you know, in 2021 saying how how were they outside the top 100? It doesn't make any sense. And speaking of not making sense, Anthony Rizzo, his 2020 did not make any sense. It was very uncharacteristic of him. And we, we just, we won't spend too much time on him because no one's buying it. <laughs> no one's buying his 2020. He's, he's still going to be a very great fantasy player. In points leagues, he's even better. His K percentage, his walk percentage, they're so good. His his discipline at the plate translates to really good fantasy stats in head-to-head points leagues. And so, you know, he's at 100 off the ADP. It's a very fair price. We think that this is a nice, safe play. If you miss out on all your guys, yes, we think that Josh Bell and Eric Hosmer are better deals. But if you get cold feet, you don't want to wait that long. There is always Anthony Rizzo. So, you know, 222 in in 2020 for his batting average. 222 is just not. Uh, don't expect that. It will be much higher than that this season, no doubt about it. Um, but now let's move on to some guys outside that that hundred range. As we get to more of the deep sleeper area, we start with Christian Walker, Arizona Diamondbacks, definitely. No job security risk there. He will be playing a lot of first base in Arizona. So if all else fails, you know, Walker is a low-risk, high-ceiling type of guy. 86 runs, 29 home runs, 73 RBIs in 2019. And then, you know, he had a pretty similar season in 2020. And averaged, averaged out to 150 games, more than 90 runs, 90 RBIs, 18 home runs. So, you know, the batting average is really... Pretty impressive for a first baseman new to the scene. You can expect that 260 to 270 type of range with some good power. So, you know, Christian Walker at 200, his uh, average exit velocity went up uh, or went down a little bit in 2020, but not enough to be concerned about. And his hard hit percentage was the same both years, 48%. So this guy is, um, you know, he's as safe as it gets outside the 200 range, and he will be hitting in the heart of that order. He won't get a lot of help around him, no doubt, but he will definitely be hitting in the middle of Arizona. So I do like him as a nice emergency option. And now we go to some a little bit of a risk play here. In terms of the ADP, Dominic Smith at 108. Now, if you if you ask me who I'd rather have, Alonzo at 54 or Dominic Smith at 108, uh, I honestly would probably go with Alonzo. But... We we legitimately think that Dominic Smith's 2020 was was not only impressive but legitimate. Uh, 316 average, 27 runs, 10 home runs, 42 RBIs. He had a great year, great year, and he has left field and, and first base eligibility, and will probably play a lot of of, of left field. So you know the at bats will be there. 
you know, he just doesn't have the track record. And that is the only reason why we are a little skittish on paying the 10th round pick for him. So, you know, the, you're paying for potential. And until a guy has a 162-game season under his belt, for a fantasy, fantasy standpoint, it is just a little bit of a risk. Now, with that being said, there's a good chance that he falls in drafts. No doubt about it. You know, a career year in a shortened season could scare off a lot of people. No doubt about it. And, um, you know, 2020 isn't a gauge, a good gauge for most players. But I truly think that with his progression, I could see another year of improvement. So Dominic Smith, New York Mets, he will play left field most of the time. He is first base eligible as well. And we wrap this show up with two final players. That was Reese Hoskins of the Philadelphia Phillies and Carlos Santana of the Kansas City Royals. First and foremost, Hoskins, you know, he's a great emergency option as well. At 166 off the board, he will not excel at everything. Or he will not excel at, at pretty much anything, but he will be consistent in everything, which is what you want from a guy this late. You want to know what you're getting. And you can expect 245 average, you know, 80 runs, 25 home runs, 85 RBI. No doubt about it. He's done it a few times in his career in 2020. You know, 35 runs, 26 RBIs. He was on pace for a very similar type of season. So, point leagues, he's a great source of walks. A pretty, pretty respectable source. Or not source, but a pretty respectable K percentage. Doesn't strike out that much. Uh, and his ADP is fair. So, you know, I, I even consider him as a bench slot, a corner slot, or even a utility slot. Reese Hoskins, Philadelphia Phillies. And finally, Carlos Santana, 15th on this list. Um, there's really no reason at all he should be out of outside the 230 range, even the 240 range, even the 200 range. He really should not be out of the, the top 200. But after one bad season, 199 average, 34 runs, 8 home runs, 30 RBIs. You know, I it, when you look at his career, you look at his walk rate, his walk rate was, was higher than his strikeout rate, which is, you know, that is what Carlos Santana does. He gets on base any means necessary, and he just had a bad average. And so we, you know, we think that that's very, very correctable. The runs were on point. The home runs were on point. The RBIs were on point. If you projected it to 150 games, it's probably the, it's pretty much the same thing he's always done. So, you know, that 199 average, you know, if it was a 220 average, he probably would still be in the top 200. But, you know, he's going to start, definitely he's going to play every day for the Royals, and I think he'll be productive for sure. So, uh, bench slot for me, but if you're in a points league, he could definitely be a starting first baseman. So that's it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I do appreciate it. As always, we will be back tomorrow, second base. And um, 